Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Good morning and welcome to an awesomely special, wonderful friendship table this morning. (laughs) We um, have already been having a great morning this morning. We've got a really great morning planned and um, thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining in and watching in rooms with girlfriends or you've you've huddled into a church building. I know here in Sydney, it's like freezing cold, but we've battled it and we're out and we're together and that's awesome. So shout out Hills, City, everyone. We all love you. We love you everywhere. Um, a special beautiful shout out to Bobby. I just think... I think there is no end of appreciation for how awesome this table has been, wouldn't you say? Um, In, in, um, I was going to say channeling, maybe not channeling, fostering great conversations, unpacking the Word of God and sharing our testimonies and stories. So um, we are really grateful for this beautiful sisterhood format and how perfect for going into 2021 this has been, wouldn't you say? So good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So today, as you can see, we have the awesome Laura Toganavalu. Um, she is known by a lot of us. She's hosted here before, so she is definitely going to bring some gold today. I'm all about the arms and the hands. Um, so that's awesome. And I do have a question for you that I don't think everyone knows. Oh, okay. I've done a little bit of research. Oh, I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> should I be nervous? You should be very nervous. Okay. I just don't know that everyone is aware that in your younger years, your mum thought it would be a great idea for you and a girlfriend to enter a dolly competition. Oh, yes. That's a true story. Okay. So there's a... um, There is a magazine that I don't know if it's still around, but um, was it, it was like the teenage magazine in Australia back in the day. Yeah. And they used to do best friend competitions. Oh, cute. And so Lauren Douglas, who many of you know as well, and I one day on a Saturday decided let's enter into this competition. So we wore our best outfits and got mum to take photos of yeah. us. Yeah. And we entered it and look, we didn't make it, but that's fine. We're still best friends to this day. Oh, see. And it's it brought over, you together. well over 20 years later. So not that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's something we should all do with our close friends. Um, this morning, we also have the incredible Christina Jury. I like to Yay. call her Christina well, um, because it's super formal. It's so good to have you Thank here, you. Chris. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. I don't know what to do with my hands either. You can just hold <laughs> so them we'll... like this the whole time up in the air. I'll pray. I'll <laughs> like have praying hands this morning. Um, no, I will tell you a little bit about Christina. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm going to put my glasses on <laughs> so I can see you better, dear. <laughs> um, you're actually born in New Zealand, which yes. I think we can all tell New because Zealand. New Zealand. I, I was, yes, born in New Zealand. And um, you've been married to Jay Jury now for 21 years. Mm-hmm. You actually met in a guitar class. Yes, yes. Uh, we both were studying to be teachers mm. at Teachers College and we were in the same guitar class. He could play guitar very well. I could not play very well, but 
it ended up being good because oh, look he at helped that. me. So there's a tip for anyone who's yeah. looking to meet your next person of your dreams and join a musical class. Come on. <laughs> um, you've also got a, a background in teaching. Yes. But you have, and you have four boys. Yeah, no, no sisterhood in my house, a lot of brotherhood. The sisterhood's to come. Yeah. <laughs> the sisterhood's definitely to come. You love rugby union. I do. Union and yes. league. Can I show you my post-it already? Yeah, Is it bring, too it, soon? bring out the post-it. Go the blues. Yeah. I'm wearing the wrong colour this morning. But, yeah, I do rug love rugby league and rugby union. I've, I've employed a um, policy of bring your own post-its today. It's good. Yeah. Um, I have to say that you are different to a lot of people and you are a beautiful, safe place yeah. and people, you um, connect with people in their highs and their lows and everywhere in between and you are definitely a beautiful gift. Oh, and once... <laughs> There's another awesome thing that we do need to share about her uh, bio. Yes. She is, um, she has never eaten 60 nuggets in one sitting. Never. Like never. Sarah from last week. If you do remember Sarah, shout out Sarah for her I eating. I do wonder if anyone tried last week. If you did try, could you maybe pop your hand up in whatever group you're in or pop it on the chat? Did anyone nail 60 nuggets in one sitting net last week? No. Okay, we're going to move along because I feel as though the banter has gone to a whole new level today. But we are really excited because we are cutting edge tech here oh. at the Friendship Table today. And we have actually Zoomed in our awesome guest, yes. Michelle Andrew from downtown Brisbane campus in Brisbane. Michelle, how are you? Oh, see, there's your shout out. It's so good. I'm good. I feel like I'm a floating head at the table, but I'm very good. <laughs> you are. You're a beautiful floating head, though. Well, thank you. It's so good to have you on here. You are married to Tim. I feel like I'm in a video. It's funny. It's, Michelle's married to Tim's daughter, Mia and River. She's a campus pastor of Brisbane downtown. I feel like you're coming to do a game show. Um, but you're actually an incredible pastor. You are sharp. You yeah. lift people. You lift a room, but you lift people's spirits and you point them forward. Um, I also found out that you're an Alpha Marriage Course Ambassador. Yes, I am. That's amazing. <laughs> and um, I was also impressed to hear that you know how to surf. Oh, look, I enjoy surfing. I don't know if you would say I know how to surf. <laughs> I think I, enjoying I, and knowing, that's much the same. I'm learning. And, and, you're, and um, you ran your first off-road marathon last year in Queenstown, New Zealand. I did. I did. Wow. I don't know why. And I don't know that we could even say I ran the whole thing, but I did finish it. What an accomplishment. And yeah, it was super fun and painful, but it was um, my sister-in-law wanted to do it for her 40th and made us do it with her, so we did. Hey, um, Michelle, I just wonder how is sisterhood going in downtown Brisbane? It's so, it's good, actually. We are loving this format, the Friendship Table. We meet in a home, so we're off-site out of our building at the moment, but the girls are loving it. So a big shout-out to my beautiful girls who are there this morning. Surprise! I'm not with you. They didn't know that. I um, <laughs> left it as a surprise. But, no, it's going really well. The community and the conversations, absolutely beautiful. Oh, really it's so It's so good to have you here this morning. Sorry, I just spoke over you. I want to do my own personal shout-out to the Melbourne girls. We love you. And I know that it's a bit hectic down there at the moment and you've got the promise of lockdown coming out, but trust us, you are in our hearts and we think that you are incredible. 
in your resilience and standing firm and not getting knocked over by this and um, you'll be out and flying high soon enough. <laughs> so we, we do, we really love you. I even brought extra in case during the, you know, we need to pop another one up. I love these post-it shout outs. Anyway, so today um, we are going to carry on with contentment. I, um, we, we actually got some really great feedback from last week and the conversations that came about from just digging a little bit deeper. And I feel like that's what this table offers. We can open up the word, we can delve, like dive into the scripture and we can really look at what the Bible says. Because, and, and I think, I, I don't know about you, I'm a bit of a verbal processor. So the more I can talk about the scripture with friends and with other people, it really helps me unpack it. And, um, and so hopefully if you're not a verbal processor, then you will be processing this in other ways that help you too. But it's always great to invite other people, trusted people, awesome people, um, their perspective on the scripture and how, it's, how it has helped them and formed them and um, set them on course. So I'm just gonna share a bit of a thought. I'm gonna jump off what we actually, we did, we did look at briefly last week, which was in Philippians 4 verse 11 to 13. Now, I don't know if you remember, but I did read it in the Amplified. And off the back of that, I actually have like seven points that I've got out of these two verses. And what I'd encourage you to do is maybe um, if you've got the Bible app on your phone, you wanna pull it out and look at the Amplified, um, look at these scriptures and have a look, or if you've got your Bible there, get ready with a pen and circle and underline and maybe jot down some notes. Because here's what I got out of it, but I'm sure that everyone will get like a whole lot of things, a lot of different things out of it. So I'll just read it for you. It says, not that I speak from any personal need, for I have learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or uneasy, regardless of my circumstances. I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times. And I also know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing life, whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having an abundance or being in need. I can do all things which He has called me to do through Him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill His purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency, I am ready for anything and equal to anything through Him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. I think sometimes when you, when you just brace, we don't have to, you know, when you're reading the Bible, sometimes you think, well, to nail it, I've got to read a chapter a day or go into debt. But sometimes just looking at a few verses and actually really pulling them out and looking at how they apply to you, I think um, it, it really resonates, it helps, it helps. Um, a verbal process. Sorry, I'm so distracted. There's a chat there. Chris is here. The Blues won last night. Look, look, it's... it's <laughs> You're doing good. Yeah. Thanks, girls. Okay. So the first thing that I want to pull out from this, and it's just the phrasing, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or uneasy. And I love this idea of feeling satisfied. I, you know, when you um, eat a really beautiful meal and you're like, that was delicious and nailed it, I feel satisfied and full. And then you see the dessert and you're like, I actually was satisfied. I was happy, I was content, I was full. But then we push it to the point and, and get lured into this elusive idea that we're not happy, that we weren't happy with that gorgeous meal or we're not happy with what we have. And, and we get pulled into this, 
thinking I am going to be happier if I have that cream brulee. Oh, wow. Yeah. You will be. I, I will be. <laughs> But I think what happens is we can so often have what we're satisfied with stolen by this idea that you are going to be happier or more content or more satisfied if you have more. I think it's this elusive trap that so many things can feed and fester in our lives and it takes our eyes off actually things that we are actually really content with. And I don't want us to fall into the trap of feeling like we just have to be happy with our lot and suck it up. And it's actually not what this verse is all about. So hopefully over time, we will definitely unpack that. But there's FOMO is a real thing, the fear of missing out. Yeah. I invented a new one this morning. I don't think it's phonetically great. Right. So I'm not even going to try to say it. But it's F-O-G-W because there is a fear of going without. Right. And, yeah. and I would say that's actually a real fear. But I love that Paul centers us here that we are satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or uneasy. Because sometimes when we let the fear of that we're going to go without creep in, that's when we do get disturbed. That's when we are uneasy. And so that was the first thing. Really good. Yeah. I thought it was good. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> um, the second one that it says, the, the second thing that jumped out, out at me there is that get along and live humbly in difficult times. I think I think um, Paul just shows here it's not unusual for difficult times to come, yeah. um, but he has this confidence that we get along. It doesn't take us out. The difficult times come, and humility is actually a real gift. Um, so often when um, you'll see it or you'll know people and they were at the height of heights or they were flying high or at the peak or excelling in something. Or, you know, I think life has a really great way of doing it, actually, because even you think school, you get to year six, you're like ruling the school, you're king of the castle, everyone thinks you're awesome. And then you hit year seven and you're like floundering and finding your feet and wondering where life has gone because because life does that. And I mean, and that's in childhood, but life also has a way of, of stepping that out. And I think there are times that are humbling, but I think our contentment is a way of carrying us through humbling times yeah. when we're not at our peak and the momentum isn't flying and everything isn't coming together, but we hold fast and we carry on. The next thing is, um, I love, and I love this one, we all would, I'm sure, also know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity. I actually think there's an art to enjoying what is going well, not, not playing it down, not watering it down, not apologising for it. You know, um, you know, if you've ever had the flu or like I got tonsillitis a couple of years ago and oh my gosh, tonsillitis is horrid. <laughs> but when you start to feel better, you know, when you're sick, I don't know about you, I expect everyone feels sick. I'm like, how is anyone functioning when you're feeling like this? But then when you feel better, you don't just feel better. You feel superhuman. You have like recovered. You are vibrant. You are like full of health and, you know. So I think, um, I think it's good to enjoy what we have going for us. Like when we have fullness of health or we're flourishing in relationships and that kind of thing. So enjoy it. Um, I've learned the secret of facing life. I wrote in this one, facing, not bracing. 
Facing life. Contentment has us facing things, not bracing, not waiting for something to go wrong, but standing tall with our shoulders back and our head up and our eyes forward, ready to face what comes. Um, And then five, I can do all things that He has called me to do because He strengthens and empowers me. Um, All the things that He's called us to do, there is no end in options of what we could be doing with our life. But I realised, I realised a little while ago, it is not possible to experience everything in life. And that's why I feel like God helps us by choosing what is right for us to do. And then it says, because He infuses, or what He strengthens and empowers me. Number six, I'm ready for anything and equal to anything. What a confident declaration because He infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. And you know what, like I've just taken a few minutes to pull that apart this morning, but maybe that's something you want to do later and take it. And I know the girls, again, I put it out there. Everyone's come with something different to offer. But I know, Laura, you um, you picked up on what we talked about last week. Yeah. And something jumped out at you. Yeah, I think, you know, as, as you were talking last week and sharing the scriptures and the girls were sharing from their different stories and their lives, I began to think about this scripture that I came across just recently in um, 1 Corinthians um, 7, verse 17. And I love how Eugene Peterson puts it. Yeah. Um, and this is, this is what it says. It says, And don't be wishing you were someplace else or with someone else. Where you are right now, is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right there. Yeah, awesome. I mean, I just feel like those words nail it. And, you know, I've been a follower of Jesus for a long time. Um, I've been walking with the Lord for forever. And, and yet I think there are some things that you just never seem to truly graduate from. Right. Um, there are things yeah. that just, just when you think that you've been delivered and you're triumphing over, yep. a new oppor- opportunity presents itself um, that reveals that this is still very much an issue yeah. and something that I need to surrender again totally. and again and again. And so for me, I think one of those things for sure is comparison. Yeah, um, comparison is one of those things. And um, and this is what I want to say about, about comparison. And I think it's such a threat to contentment mm. and that everything that you just shared there, living satisfied and living with confidence and yeah. humility and so on. Um, it's just that, that thing that can just stand in the way sometimes. Yeah. But this is what I want to say. Each of us are uniquely made, mm. uniquely created, uniquely prized, Beautiful. uniquely loved, uniquely purposed and uniquely trusted. And that's why it's so important that we call out comparison, that we see it for what it is, because it's a very successful scheme of the enemy. 100%. And comparison, it takes casualties Mm. um, because comparison is designed by the enemy to steal, kill and destroy, to steal our joy, steal our relationships, steal our potential, blur our vision, and sap our joy. Um, It can kill our sense of purpose, destroy the unique set of gifts that have been entrusted uh, unto us. Mm. And the way that I like to see it is, you know, as a mother, you know, I have three kids, and and we know this as mothers, um, Mm. um, I can see now you know, it's like I have this like kind of bird's eye like view yeah. of their lives, this this higher perspective. And I can see that they are similar um, in so many ways. 
Um, but I can also see how they are so uniquely created. Yeah, um, they've been uniquely created and have uh, the potential for them totally. to live out their perp the yeah. purposes upon their lives in very unique ways. And so I love them equally, but I love them uniquely. And I see yeah. them, I see their value equal, but I see how uniquely the plans and purposes yeah. are on their lives. And so I, I feel like uh, as a mother, God showed me for us, all of us as a humanity, that we can take that higher vantage point Yes, um, And I want to invite you this morning to take a higher vantage point, to take on the heavenly perspective where you see yourself on earth with the bigger picture in mind. And I can guarantee that when you do that, mm. you'll prefer the view. You'll always prefer, yes. prefer yes. the oh, view totally. from yeah. higher. And, um, and so I just, I would love for you to even just write that down. Like, I, I prefer the view. I prefer the view from that higher perspective where you look down and you see everybody in their lanes. And if we as women could just learn yeah. to love our lanes, totally. own our lanes, like own like the hand that's been dealt to us yeah. um, and make the best of the hand that's been dealt to us, I just think that, well, first of all, the world will be so much mm. better, but we will just have such a greater level totally. of contentment yeah, and that absolutely. inner satisfaction that God desires for each and every single one of us. And so a couple of things that I, uh, things that I wrote down about comparison, I think comparison is a part of our fallen nature. As a humanity, I think we're all subject to compare ourselves. Um, it's our human nature to want what we don't have. Um, comparison is a dead end street. Mm -hmm. It goes nowhere. It yeah. takes you nowhere. And what do you do when you hit a dead end street? You turn around, but you don't stop. Right. You don't park there. Yeah. You don't stay there. You right. turn around and you get yourself uh, back on track. But the thing about it is a time waster. Like you didn't, I, I feel like you didn't have to go down that road. Like do the journey of turning around and getting yourself back on track if we could just stop ourselves before we we head down those 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 roads um i think the comparison is a thief like like i said it steals our joy it steals our security it steals our sense of vision and focus it steals our generosity um because i think it's hard to be it's hard to be encouraging and generous to someone that you envy you know, <laughs> and when you envy something um, in someone else, it robs you and it robs them. Yeah. Um, because you could be encouraging that person, but instead you're you're depriving them of that kindness that they may just need because we're harboring this envy, yeah. um, which is so unfortunate. I think comparison opens the door to jealousy. Mm. Yeah, it totally. does. Um, and it's a cruel cycle. It's a cruel cycle. And so I just wanted to encourage you uh, this morning, girls, when it comes Great. to this, this, this uh, living a life of contentment is to take on the heavenly perspective, that higher vantage point. Even this morning, you know, I know for me, uh, this time of the year is a time where I start going, oh, like, uh, I start thinking about my brothers who live in the USA together. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, like mum and dad are there too. I think about friends who have moved and sometimes I can get like, oh, I'm still here. I can go down that kind yes. of, yep. you know, dead end street, really. Yeah. And I have to I have to arrest myself and go, actually, no, because as long as I'm wishing that I was somebody else, someplace mm -hmm. else, yeah. someone else, I'm not being present here. I'm not being fruitful here. I'm not doing what God has called me to do here. Right. And I don't want to live 
you know, I don't want to live unsatisfied. I want to live in the fullness of life that God has planned for me. And so it's a choice. It's a choice to go, actually, no, this is my lane. I'm going to love it. I'm going to own it. I'm going to make the best of it. And so I'm going to take on that bird's eye view and go, God has a plan for me. He's uniquely called me right here, right now. I love that. I think you totally live that, Laura. Yeah, I hope so. I think you do. <laughs> I think you do. I think it's, and, and you're right, it's, um, it's like the age-old challenge mm-hmm. to not comparison. But when you push it out of the way, that's when we can actually really be great for each other. Yeah. Um, Christina. Yes. You were so awesome. I'm going to do another shout-out. Is that all right? Yeah. I've got another post-it because I forgot to say shout-out to the GWS girls. Yeah, we love the GWS girls. Yes. Do you want me to say something? Uh, could you? I'll try. <laughs> Thanks, Laura. I'll try. Um, I love that what you said, um, Laura, about comparison and that, you know, it's a it's about God's perspective. Mm-hmm. And I actually want to talk a little bit about perspective. And when um, Becky shared this last week, I actually started looking, you know, like further back in the scripture. And the thing I love is that in the scripture in um, Philippians 4, the, the word actually that stood out to me in those scriptures that you've shared again this morning is the word learned. And I feel like, like you've already spoken, that there are different ways that we learn and some people process differently. Some are variable processes. Um, But, you know, when you think of learning, you think of so many different ways that you can learn. When you learn something, it's not automatic. It doesn't just always happen. It's not like a click of the fingers. You think of someone learning an instrument, for example. You don't just rock up and make a beautiful sound. Mm -hmm. It takes time. And I think of that in the relation to this. If we're talking about contentment, we actually have to, you know, Paul says, I've learned to be content. Right. He doesn't say I am content. He doesn't yeah. say, oh, well, I just rocked up and I was content. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's actually facing some pretty massive things in uh-huh. this time, right? And if you think about how you learn, one of the ways that we learn is that we're told or we're taught and that helps us to learn. And so I feel like he's actually already taught us a whole lot of things in the scripture that can help us. And so right through from verse one through to verse nine, there's so many different things that Paul encourage us, encourages us to do. Like, for example, he says at the beginning, stand firm in the Lord. And then he says, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. I'm sure you know that it's in verse four. Um, Let gentleness be evident. So he's actually teaching us all these things. But for me, what I think all these verses leading up to that help to lay for contentment is actually a perspective. So he's actually saying, you know, all these things will help you to get a God perspective, to get a good perspective, to get a um, a shift in your perspective when it's a bit off. Mm. You know, like often we read the scripture and, and what does it do? It just changes our perspective a little bit. And, you know, for me, I think if I put my glasses on, um, what does it do? It sharpens my perspective. Mm. It actually changes what I see or it sharpens what yeah. I'm seeing. And I feel like that the, the scripture does that for us. If we would read it and apply it, it actually helps us. And, um, you know, you already touched on as well. It, it's not something that you, um, you don't just arrive at this. You have to actually work. It's a choice, you said, Laura. And it really is a choice to daily go, okay, well, what is my perspective and what am I choosing? And in Colossians, there's actually a beautiful scripture about um, his perspective. Let me just share it. I'm reading from the message. Is it okay? Oh, yeah. So it says this. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, 
act like it. I love how he kind of like yeah. punches you in the throat a little bit. Oh. Pursue the things <laughs> over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from His perspective. And what a beautiful thought that if we actually would just keep our eyes up, shift our perspective. For me, I feel like perspective is massive mm. in um, learning to be content. It like fuels that contentment and is it underlying, oh yeah, actually I can be content and I can learn to be content, not out of my own striving or my own trying to do it out of my own thing, but just that daily choice of I'm going to choose his perspective. And I feel like so many of us, you know, we've all lived through a massive tw- 2020. Yeah. And in so many ways, our perspective was sh- uh, rocked. It was shaken yes. a little bit. It was shifted. It was maybe turned completely upside down. But then we actually have to choose, well, what am I going to do now? Each day, what is my perspective? And for me, uh, the season of 2020 was actually marked quite heavily by grief. And right. for me, it was actually a choice daily to go, okay, well, what am I going to do? What is my perspective? And that actually helped feel contentment in that season. Mm. Not that it doesn't negate feeling sad. It doesn't negate feeling angry. It doesn't negate navigating hard stuff mm. and trying to work out and wrestle with how do I process this and how do I process walking through sickness with a friend? How do I process the fact that someone has gone to heaven sooner than I would love them to have? And what do I do with that? But I think when we have the scripture, when we um, listen to worship, when we have friends that we can chat with, when we're in community, when we choose to lean in and be in church and be in places where good people can speak into that, All it does is sharpen our perspective, it realigns us, it makes us focus on the right things, and then that in turn really helps build that layer of contentment into our life. Yeah, I I love that. And I I do love that you talk about grief because I think um, even when we talk about contentment, I think think we – what is coming through is that we learn a place of contentment in whatever we're facing. Absolutely. And so where it talks there about – um, I've learned the secret of facing life. Mm. It's not hiding from life. Totally. And it's not um, letting life just wash over you or bold you over or take you out, mm. but it's learning this stance of how to face it. And I think when you talk about contentment, you, it is a reconciling mm-hmm. of there, are, there is hard and there is joy. Like there, there are seasons when things are hard to work through yeah. and there are times when I'm on top of the world. Absolutely. And and sometimes they can be a day away or sometimes it could be in the morning and the night. Absolutely. But actually having, having those extremes in our life, um, contentment is this thing that steadies us mm-hmm. yeah. and causes us to be able to face it. So, I mean, I was, I was especially mindful, I think, in preparing this, that contentment actually um, equips us to face grief. Because grief is real, just like it it also equips us to face great opportunity or um, a breakthrough or receive a blessing or have um, a promotion or, um, you know, like a a great success in life. It actually steadies us to be able to be present and in the moment and in good stead. And like it says, 
I can do all things that He has called me to do because He strengthens and empowers me. Um, He infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. Mm. This inner strength and confident peace that carries us through challenges or highs or lows. So, um, yeah, I I really love this topic. Mm. I love what you shared. Thanks, Chris. (laughs) Um, Michelle. You are still here. She's Zoomed in the whole time and we've still got you. You look so lovely. Um, I I know that you had something that you wanted to share. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually love hearing from Laura and Chris because I think it kind of ties in a little bit and I'm going to take a little different tact this morning, but it has to do, I love even that you touched on grief because for me, when you asked me to share on contentment, I thought, yes, I'm going to teach the moment I learnt this lesson and I learnt contentment. So it's a bit of a story, I guess, taking that little tact um, with that. But for me, um, I think I learnt and, you know, saying that point, facing not bracing life and having to face a season of unmet expectations. And I would say there's lots of girls listening who you might be facing disappointment or unmet expectations or maybe you even feel like God has asked you to lay down a dream and it feels like it's the promise isn't coming. So for me, growing up, I'd always wanted to be a mum um, I wanted a tribe of kids two years apart, you know, as we do that, girls, we overorganize. But I wanted like four kids, two years apart, have them all by the time I'm 28, and then my life would be a sing- like stay-at-home mom, you know, full house, full table. But after our first daughter was born, we were told we actually couldn't have any more kids. And so all of a sudden it felt like someone came and just took an eraser to my future. And what I envisaged my life would look like right up to being a grandparent and just erased it and gone, that's not your reality anymore. And I remember probably living two years of just discontent. I just felt so much like something was missing and I was looking to what I didn't have over what I did have. And um, I remember the moment that God just arrested my attention and we were away at New Year's Eve, two years into our infertility journey and we were believing for a miracle. We, I had faith that God could turn around that diagnosis and give us a baby but two years in and still nothing and I remember two of my best friends had just given birth the same day in the same hospital sharing a room and so I'm getting inundated with baby photos and I got this on one hand this absolute joy for them and on the other hand this absolute heartache for me and that night sitting around the table at New Year's Eve with a friend she turns to me and she goes I've got news she goes I just took a pregnancy test and I'm pregnant (sighs) And I'm like, why is this happening to me? Um, and I pasted on the smile, I celebrated, and I excused myself from the table not long after, went back to the cabin, and I just, I don't know how I was to explain it, but I just let out this guttural cry to God. It was like the most heartache, like this gut-wrenching, God, do you not see me? Like how do you see everybody else and not me? And in that moment, I just felt the Holy Spirit fill that room, and he just said to me, he said, Michelle, You've got to lay it down. You have to let that go. And I'm like, what do you, how do I let go of my dream? How do I let go of the idea of another baby? And he's just like, you've got to let it go. Do you love me more than another child? And Sarah touched on it last week, that anything we place before God in value, he'll often test us on. And I couldn't say yes to God in that moment. I'm like, I really want to say yes, but I don't know if I do. Anyway, I spent probably half an hour just grieving. And just like Chris said, it was a grief for me. It was a laying down of this dream I had. And I I came to the conclusion that actually I trust God. I trust him with my future. 
And I, I understood in that moment that the creator knows me better than I know myself. And if this is my future, then I'm going to be grateful for what I do have. And in that moment, for me, trust and gratitude became a catalyst for contentment. And I just remember praying, God, give me joy for other people. If this is what you're asking me to do, give me joy, give me peace. And I actually can recall the moment that transfer happened where he took my pain and he gave me peace and he took my grief and he gave me joy. And for the next four years, we did actually get our miracle baby boy, but it took another four years of patiently waiting and trusting in God. But that was a season of contentment for me. And I found joy in that season and I found gratitude and trust in that season. And it reminded me of um, James 1, 2 to 4, and I just want to quickly read this. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And I think it ties into your verse that we can go through trials but we can find joy in the midst of them and we can get to a point where we don't feel like we're lacking anything. Mm. We're not comparing with the other person next to us. We're not, you know, our perspective shifts, as Chris said, and we can all of a sudden go, you know what, my life is full. Mm. Even though it doesn't look like what I thought it might, Mm. my life is full. And then just to finish this quote, I think describes contentment beautifully. I don't know where I got it from, so I'm so sorry to whoever wrote this, but you're amazing. But it says to be content doesn't mean you don't desire more. It means you're thankful for what you have and patient for what's to come. And I just thought that was the most beautiful, for me, the lesson I learned, that trust and thankfulness and gratitude creates contentment in us. And we can choose. That's my, I guess, my test even now. If I feel discontent, I'm like, well, how's my trust in God? And how's my gratitude for what I do have? And if I get those back aligned, contentment follows. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Well, oh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Michelle. That was absolutely stunning. And I know that would have resonated with so many, so many women. And um, I guess like as we, as we wrap up the table this morning, it's been so, it's been so rich, I think, with um, this, this, this conversation. So thank you, Beck. You've hosted so beautifully the last couple of weeks. Um, But I just would, I would love to just ask you a question. Um, do you know Jesus? You know, because when we talk about contentment, when we talk about satisfaction, nothing can truly satisfy our soul and the longing of our soul like Jesus can, like Jesus is meant to. He He is the sole one who can satisfy the longing of our hearts and our souls and satisfy the lack in our lives. And, and that's why Jesus came and He can be our friend. He can be our saviour. He is meant to be our companion for life. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to ask you, do you know Jesus? Are you a Christian? And if not, maybe today is your day. Today, it says in the Word of God, today is the day of salvation. And I believe salvation can be your portion that brings you that deep joy, that deep satisfaction for, for our souls. And so if that's you, would you just pray this prayer after me? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for who you are and all that you've done for me. I want to invite you into my heart as Lord of my life for all of my days. I'm sorry for the mistakes that I have made, but I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart and be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. 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 Beautiful. Amen. Mm -hmm. Well, I have loved this <laughs> this morning. Thank you, everyone, for sharing. Michelle, it was so good to have you. Thank you. Look it's at nice you. to join you. Yeah, and how good is this? Just popping down from downtown Brisbane. <laughs> um, I think just before we go, I just want to encourage you. Um, you know, from the verse and what the girls have shared today, I think I love that it says the sixth thing that I pulled out from that, from that portion of scripture in Philippians is um, I am ready for anything and equal to anything. And I, and I just want to encourage you this morning, if you have dreams, go after them. If you know what God has called you to do, go after it with confidence that He has strengthened you and empowered you. And, um, and girls like, there's no limit. We are called to face, not brace for the day. There's a, lot, there's a lot in the world that would tell us there's things that we can't have or don't have. Don't let it don't let it rob you of the joy yeah, of what is in your hand. Don't let it um, stir discontent by making you feel dissatisfied with the people in your life. Or And, and I mean, that's the, the people around us bring us so much joy and fullness. But it's not the grass is always greener everywhere else. The grass is green where we nurture it and we build into it. And you are up to the task. You are equal to it. So go after it with everything that God infuses into you in Jesus' name. We've loved being with you today. Have an awesome day. Have a great conversation with someone. See you later. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.